This week on Waxing the Porpoise, G-Baby and the Usual Suspect Steve welcome again special guest and friend Richard, picking up right where we left off from last week's episode. While it might be impossible for us not to find the humor in even the darkest of situations, the tone of this episode is much more severe to be sure. Join us as Richard discusses the events leading up to the murder of his mother Donna Louise Young, the act itself, and the immediate aftermath he was forced to navigate. In doing so, we hope to pay respect by sharing her story while emphasizing the strength and grace in which Dick Dog has forged ahead and been such a positive force throughout his life. Let's wax this tragic porpoise. Welcome once again to Waxing the Porpoise, back again here assembled on December 10th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Tonight, again, we are doing a continuation of last week's episode where we talked with our our good friend uh, Richard, aka Dick Dog. So yeah, this week will just be a straight continuation. So we're on the Coors Light Chronicles, Volume 2. Tonight, you've got myself, Jim G. Baby. Right when I do that, these fucking <laughs> bumps don't work. I just tested one. That he needs he needs some me. milk, dude. <laughs> that it really does piss me off. It's like I pay for this light milk. fucking thing. Fucking thing. Oh yeah, sucks. Dick, are you gonna share your secret recipe for beer and milk? Uh, probably not tonight. Okay. Actually, I haven't done that combo in about a year. I'm gonna go. Where the fuck did it just go? It's the cheap on camera. Of course, uh, to my far virtual right, we have the co-host, usual suspect Steve. You ungrateful he bitch. Hello. How's it going, man? <laughs> Good. Nice. <laughs> and of course, we have once again Richard, aka Dick Dog. Toucan Sam, give us loops of fruit, fruity loops. Fruit Loopies! Fruit Loopy Loops of Fruit. Oh, Maya Angelou. <laughs> David Allen Greer as Maya Angelou. Oh, man, that's a classic episode. Yes, it is. Good she to have you back, Butterfinger 2, Pennzoil. Yes. Dude, those skits yeah. are awesome. The quality has dipped, like, dramatically from that era, I oh, feel. Like big Phil Hartman. You know, like, Steve's really upset. <laughs> yeah i can't remember the last time i was able to get through a full a full app yeah in my opinion the only good ones like in the last five years have been uh when dave Chappelle guest hosted he's had some pretty pretty banging uh intros and a couple skits he just did one recently on house of the dragon where he brought in the player haters ball characters oh nice and did like a spoof of the new Game of Thrones spinoff. So that was that was pretty good. <laughs> Shit, I haven't um, seen that. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, that one's good. Uh anyway, uh so yeah, we're we're back again. Uh we got some good good feedback for the first episode. Um I mean a, as uh, we thought, you know, uh Dick's got an amazing story. Uh 
really interesting things that have happened along the way. So uh, definitely wasn't going to fit into one volume and it'll probably go beyond two. Um, but yeah, we we're just kind of picking up kind of where we left off. So um, I'll let you start us out, Dick, and we'll, and we'll just continue the story. I think last we, we stopped it's corning high school era. And what time frame is this too? Just for point of reference. Uh, 90 to 94. Okay, cool. So yeah, freshman year started in fall of 90 and graduated in June of 94 on like 115 day wearing, wearing caps and gowns outside. Not a Damn. comfortable day. No, but no, I had a, I had a good time. I've met a lot of good people along the way. I really just kind of hung out with my uh, couple of friends. Um, was a pretty decent student, but nothing that was going to make me valedictorian. What about valedictorian? Valid, yeah. <laughs> I pre-gamed a little bit with some cord lights and you know, I'm not too bright anyways. Well, you're no valedictorian, but... Uh... <laughs> I was gonna let it go, but then I saw the twinkle in in Jim's eye. Yeah, I, I was like, I "Are you gonna go, <laughs> you gonna go for this right now?" Or, um, yeah, I heard maybe it reminded me of Velveeta. Dick's never had a hard time making friends with like any any group that he's around. He he plays a lot of softball too, and I haven't even told you this, Dick, but there have been so many times where I'll uh, meet somebody or like playing golf or just out and in the wild and they'll have a softball jersey on and i'll just ask them like you know dick dog and they're like oh yeah i know dick dog like every <laughs> single time nice yeah and it's not like a it's not like a tiny he's just a local like a, idiot yeah. <laughs> yeah, more than you know and that's funny too because it's it's not like the, this region we're talking about. It's not like a small backwater town, you know. It's a pretty sizable city, you know. So that's it's pretty crazy, you know, that you've met that many people that you you've met just strangers that happen to know. Well, and and Dick has also passed people in traffic and then added them on Facebook later that day. So <laughs> uh, I kind of cut that out a while ago, but there are probably some people I need to trim off my list. That... <laughs> It's like, Dick, are you friends with the mailman who comes to our work on Facebook? <laughs> uh, one of the old ones. He was a Dodger fan. <laughs> Not the current one. But I have played softball against the current one. Actually, a uh, long-bearded co-worker of ours ran over him at the plate during a softball game when we were playing the Postal Service. Fucked up something in his arm. And he's still, like, because it wasn't a work-related injury, he has to pay out of pocket and, like, five grand to get it repaired. And that's the current guy that picks up our mail. Well, I think you remember... He was injured by one of the guys that I managed, so I think I feel partly responsible. Well, the team team Richard used to play for tried to literally kill Jim out on the softball field, (laughs) almost took his fucking eyeball out. Dick put a hit out on him, I think. They were doing some, uh, like, the, they were doing, they, it was like Bounty was Gate for local softball. They put a, yeah. they put a bounty on his head and took him out. Hey, I was the only one that worked there that wasn't on the team, so. Yeah. 
had to do what he had to do. So I enlisted, it was a, it was a uh, short list. Mine, uh, take Jim out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's Bounty Soft. Should we put that photo up? Oh God. I, st- I still have it. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I got tagged with a, a softball in the eye, and it wasn't. It wasn't the. Sp- I wish it would have been the sponge, the coed sponge ball, because it, pr- it still probably would have smarted, but it wouldn't have had that kind of impact. I don't think. But and that was like from six feet away. I can't remember how far away it was. You, you I were feel like I was half. I felt like I was a little close, like two thirds of the way from first to second. You were and I had start. That, man, it was. Oh, really okay. Good. Yeah, it was. It was pretty close. Okay. Yeah, I remember, I remember sliding and going like halfway down or halfway through the slide is when it happened. It was like the perfect like point where head level was where like someone, I mean, he dropped, he did like a sidearm throw. So yeah. the, the plane, that was on purpose. the plane made yeah. it up like perfectly, like it was a perfect storm of like wrong place, wrong fucking time. But and yeah, you that's just the story. Hear- you could just hear Dick in the background saying, get him. I didn't really understand what he meant at the time. But in hindsight, we should have known. Yeah, he noticed I didn't even go check on you. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite part about that is one of Richard's stupid Facebook friends comes running over and is like, I'm a doctor. And he's he's like looking at him and feeling around. And, and then a few minutes later, he walks away. I was like, who is that guy? Is he a, he's a doctor. And someone's like, he's a chiropractor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah it's just like uh i bet we could do like a six degrees of kevin bacon like you would be a shoe in to replace him like six degrees of of dick dog yeah yeah i don't i don't think there's a group of people that he couldn't get along with right there are some but (laughs) well that's how you know that they're like if you don't want to get along with them or be like even civil, then you, then you, that's your barometer for like, okay, whoever that is, is a true piece of shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Like a, so, a divining uh, rod. Divining rod. Isn't that what they call those things? Those, those fucking, the, where you're looking for water. What do they call that? Yeah. Like the take old stick is like a fork in the road. Yeah. It's like a little like Y. Yeah. Y. Not sure if it works, but. Yeah, anyway, that's a stupid tangent to bring up. We got a lot of water out here right now because I like waddle. Yep. <laughs> it, it rained, and boy, we need it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, uh, Dick narrow, <laughs> narrowly missed getting valedictorian. Um, and then. So then, yes, I trying to expedite this uh, story. Um, went up to Shasta College for about six weeks. Uh, I had to work a lot in, in quarantine. I had to take the bus. So, I mean, it was like school wasn't really in the plan. So I lasted about six weeks and uh, was working at a local pizza parlor where uh ended up working with a lot of friends of mine and met a lot of great people along the way. But that's not why we're here today. Wait, wait. Uh, when you said, just for point of reference, like when you said you went to Shasta College, yeah. you took a, you had to take a bus there? Yeah. How long how long was that bus ride? Was that all the way to Reading uh, or was that leaving at six if you had to you know get up there and come back in the evening? Damn. Wasn't anything and then I had to work, so 
days that my schedule started before the bus would get home, I wasn't going to school. Yeah, like those days, it was way harder. Four twenty-five an hour. Yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't have your own transportation, like back then, like your options were pretty fucking limited. Now with like the it's it's pretty stark contrast, like how easy how much easier it is to find classes online, especially post pandemic. Like it's really tailored to that and kind of open a new door. But it's just it's I'm sorry to go off on this tangent again, but just like to emphasize the the place and time where we are, it's like that wasn't that long ago. We're talking about like early to mid nineties. It's just wild how quickly the world has changed in that regard, you know? So like you had, you had to make that decision. Like I'm either working or I'm going to school and I know which one wins out students that are just take online classes. Yeah. It's nuts. Dude, my, my daughter who's in kindergarten, they have designated like every two or three weeks. It's a stay at home, like on e-learning day where she stays home and works on a fucking iPad on like every third Wednesday. And that's probably more because of COVID because they got so used to it and they know they can do that now. So yeah. And they cut staff and, and people, you know, so it's become part of like the, the structure now of shit. And it's, it just kind of blows me away. It's like kindergarten, kindergarten shouldn't be on a fucking iPad, but what are you going to do anyway? Crazy world we live in right now. All it right. do. It do. <laughs> so yeah. Um, just spent my uh, late teens and early twenties bouncing between Butte and Shasta, Butte and Shasta, or Shasta Butte, Shasta Butte. Um, in '98, I moved to Chico. Uh, my buddy of mine, we were in a car coming back from Woodson Bridge into town, and we rolled his truck three and a half times, which was fucking insane. Damn. Like I was able to count the divots in the orchard where the truck had hit and we ended up upside down. Replace your divots. How fast were you going when you lost? Uh, not too excess- excessively speeding, but he veered off the road. Like more than 50, like more than 50 miles we just an hour. Went, we just hit the ditch and then started flipping. So I'd say we're on a, a road. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but uh, South Avenue. Yeah, yeah, from Western Bridge. That means not, nothing. Not, not, too, <laughs> not too excessively speeding. <laughs> how, how fast? If you we'll had to judge. 65. Dude, that's that's and, pretty quick, man. <laughs> to, yeah. to veer and flip going yeah. at that speed. Damn. That's nuts. I've never flipped anything. So, so how did it happen? He started drifting one way and you tried to grab the wheel to pull yeah, it back. We or? were heading into the ditch. And so I was like, Oh shit. And then we had our friend Sarah in the, uh, she was in the middle part of the, this is like a Chevy me, GMC. Or, I was going to, I was going to guess, was it like an S 10? Yeah. Or like, something or like Chevy that, love a bigger one. And, uh, we just ended up flipping over. And then, so the car's upside down. And I get out of the window and I can, it was smashed in. And then all of a sudden uh, I was asking if everybody was okay. And my friend, she started screaming that she couldn't release her seatbelt. So like, you know, movies and you're like, oh shit, this thing's going to blow up at any moment. I was like, fuck. So I had to crawl in and like before my back went out on me, I was able to lift (laughs) her up and undo the seatbelt because there's so much tension on her. We got out and I was like, where's Matt? Uh, Where's my buddy? And uh, he was already out. He got his 
whole side of the car. Luckily, he was shorter than I was. Was smashing even more. He was able to get out, and uh, so that was anybody was anybody hurt or yeah? What was the after? Nobody was hurt. And was he just tired and like, or it was just like a momentary lapse in judgment, or it was we we'd been partying, but he wasn't okay. drunk. But we'd been. It was early in the morning, like four in the morning. We'd been out at the uh, bridge, um, as, as one does. Yes. Well, that's what you do in morning. Yeah. Um, so. Chase, what the fuck were you thinking about here? To say long story long, <laughs> my uh, his parents, because he was a Chico State student, and he he was just home for the summer, ended up paying our deposit to moved to Chico just to get out of Corning because we were just doing stupid stuff, which I'm sure is going to come up on later episodes um, or a later episode. I don't know if I'll be invited back again. <laughs> don't do that. No, I know. I'm just joking. You can edit that shit out, right? Or you just gloss over that. I, it, whatever. When I start editing, I try to listen and act like a listener and I'm not a fucking expert. I just, I edit out what I think flows better, but I mean, I don't have a lot of time either, so I got to be kind of economical. Yeah, but. I know, and that's why I want to try to get through this and get to. Don't the, uh, even worry about that shit. Honestly, like the, the I've I feel like the quicker the quicker that you can get into a mode of like not worrying about time limits or like that we have to make this shit interesting is when it makes sense and it flows. So just cool. Don't worry about anything. We're doing fine. I'm gonna have another sip of whiskey. I've been trying right, to find so, pickle juice. Um, I got a. We ended up moving to Chico in 1998. And I remember the coolest thing was we actually got cable. First time in my life where I had cable TV and I was able to watch ESPN. Other than the hotel room with that famous picture that Steve loves so much. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a great picture of Dick. I don't know how old you are, like eight, maybe 10. And- Dude, no, I was, I was in high school. That was Shiloh Inn and Corning. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. It's been a while since you I've seen the picture. You see how luscious the hair but, was? But you you don't see the you don't see the TV in the picture, but you just see him mesmerized. Like I imagine you would look if, if you saw if you saw like a ghost off <laughs> off screen, and he's just sitting there looking at it. Yeah, his mouth agape, just completely transfixed on whatever he's looking at in this dog shit little motel room. And when we first yeah, saw the picture, nice that was I'm one like, of the nicer motels in Corning at the time. Yeah, I, I, me growing up in Corning, I was like, dude, Shiloh Inn is like nice. Thank this you, is Jim. like this is but like when I the, asked him. This is like the Ritz Carlton. I'm like Richard. What's happening? Telephone in the bathroom. So if you're yeah. on the toilet, you can make a call out. That's how nice it was. It was it was funny when he showed us the picture. I'm like, what's going on in this picture? Did you did you just suffer a traumatic brain injury because the look on his face he's so mentally vacant he's like no that was the first time i that was the first time i got to watch espn in a hotel room like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, thank you grandma and grandpa <laughs> and i think as a point of reference too just to like frame up where chico is so i think chico's claim to fame is like what was it like 1978 1979 it got listed as like the number one party school in america by playboy that's kind of like what put it on the map and it's famous it's been famous outside of that for being a party school since like the 60s um yeah and also it's where aaron Rodgers is from uh 
I believe, fun fact about Chico, it was the the site of the first commercial airline hijacking in the United States back in the no 60s shit. or 70s. I think so. Huh, that's crazy. So proud of our town. Yeah. <laughs> that's just like a wild fact attached to the town. This is a little college uh, town. Like, little, just a little college party town in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. And Corning is a truck stop town about 20 miles away on I-5. Along I-5. That's Interstate 5. <laughs> you can take that road all the way to Dodger Stadium in Disneyland. That's right. Yeah, the former... And Corning is the former Olive Capital of the World. They had that title stolen from them. Yeah. What is it now? Somewhere somewhere in Portugal or Spain? I don't know. I don't recognize it. (laughs) It's Corning all the way, man. Bill Carter. Yep. Oh, we used to take slingshots and take olives that were just not very ripe and just shoot them at each other. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, you know what my favorite was? Was you know those uh, the trees that drop those like little balls that are like spiky, super spiky, and then mm-hmm. in the fall, well, the they... tire, so you got to walk your bike home for two. Miles no, they're kind, they're awesome. kind of like that, but they're different. They're they're more dense, and they don't have like the air holes through them. So it, it kind of looks like a crab apple or a horse apple. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it's like super round, super dense, and in the fall they dry up. They're, they're like bright ass green. They dry up. And when you, uh, if you take them in between your hands, you like rub them and they, they turn into like, it's like a cat of nine tails, uh, like, or the, a cat tail in like a Creek, you know how like it, it's like cotton candy, like it breaks up and it's fluffy. Yeah. We, we used to call those like itchy powder balls, itchy balls. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. You got that shit down your shirt. Oh my God. Yeah. You get like four or five of them and fucking stuff them down someone's back. Do you want to hear how much of an asshole I was? And I thought I was just being funny. So back when we lived in El Dorado County, we were at the El Dorado County Fair. And I bought with whatever little um, allowance money I had, some itching powder. And I and this was no... I'm just thinking I'm being funny. I threw it down Melissa's back. He had sensitive skin. She, Wait, she already had yeah, sensitive skin to begin yeah, yeah, with? This is fifth grade. And I, I love Melissa to death. And throwing the wad of paper at her, we were throwing it at everybody, so I was trying to be inclusive. <laughs> in, case, uh, in case people don't have their uh, their show notes with them, Melissa was your special needs sister, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, the, one that you, the one that you physically assaulted on the bus with paper. It was a wad of paper, and it was from a great distance, and we were throwing it at everybody, so... It was a short bus, so it really couldn't have been that great of a distance. No, 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 no that, was, that, was, that was a corning bus. That was a... Um, yeah, so I, there are so many things in retrospect where I feel like a fucking total dick, but... So what what happened when you poured I, I, the I, I, itching I powder her. down her shirt? Yeah, so we ended up, after having to drive from Coloma to Placerville for... Uh, by the way, these are towns in... Eldorado Cali in County in California. Uh, so Steve will know. The Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we ended up having to leave the fair after about 45 minutes. And that pretty much. Because because she didn't take well to the powder. Is that what you're saying? Yes. 
damn, not only did you do that, it also caused I'm, you guys to have. I'm a to- little fucking. I'm a younger kid. I was the youngest. I was like, I'm just giving you shit. I'm just saying though, this is a double whammy because during this age period, you know, going to the fair was fucking fun or the carnival. That was, Oh, I know. So you also had to cut that short too. That's like, yeah. Double whammy. Yeah. I fucked up. (laughs) I think we all have things from our past that we look back on and with regret. Yeah. I wish I had more Anyways, regrets. So the itchiness of the cat and nine tails like uh, that. brought that back. That's just uh, keeping busy when you're bored in the summer, <laughs> torturing <Yeah>. your friends. <laughs> or how can we one up torturing each other? Oh, what you did, yeah. I was out of line. I think I got grounded. Well, you p- you paid your penance then. All right. So um, to move this along, I moved to Chico. We lived in. Oh, such a great time. You know, I'm probably making $6 an hour, but we had a four-bedroom townhouse across from West Park Plaza where Steve once uh, roamed. Nice. Sorry to give away your location. Um, And it was awesome. It was $800 a month for a four-bedroom townhouse. Wait, even back in the One and a half bass. I guess that tracks. Okay. Yeah. But now... I bet you that thing's probably fifteen, sixteen, fifty. Yeah, I bet probably more than that. Maybe more. Yeah. I mean, it's still probably a shithole, but yeah, I bet you it's at least double. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I spent. Uh, I was working for the same pizza chain uh, that I did in Corning, and um, moved to an apartment right behind uh, the local college baseball stadium, which was cool because my room was upstairs, right behind center field, so I could sit there watch uh, games. Oh, really? Without, like without paying for a ticket? That's stealing. I know. <laughs> or you can go on the roof. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it did feel like stealing, but it's like... You wouldn't steal <laughs> what are you a car. Gonna do, man? Would you steal a long a walk to the front gate, and I'm just right here out my window. Beer is cheaper. <laughs> so that means... Because there's a train track that goes right behind that field. So yeah. it, so your apartment, your bedroom window was opening onto the train track? Yeah. Nice. Oh, and the first apartment, the townhouse, was as close to the train track as that apartment yeah, that's so true. So I went from the end of 4th to yeah. just the other side along um, 32. That's yeah. the highway. I, li- I used to live on the, the like, diametrically opposed to you. So, like, Kitty Corner and on the other side of the tracks on 2nd and Cedar. I lived in an apartment right... Jim and I actually lived in the same apartment complex at different times in our life. You lived at North Cedar? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that yep. was a sketchy we part the- of town, man. Oh yeah, and when I lived there, this was '06, I guess. It was wait, the same kind. Of, wait, go it ahead. The, it was the same deal. It was four four bedrooms, eight hundred bucks a month. It was yeah. such a shithole. That's what I made me think North of that. I was like, before I moved here. That's what made me think of that when you were like eight hundred back in '98. I was like, wait, is that right? And then I was like, oh yeah, shit. I remember when I lived with four people. We pay our rent was two hundred bucks each. For rent yeah. in a tiny little four bedroom space, and then yeah, the fucking train tracks was right there. Like I remember, there was a dude committed suicide on those train tracks one time, and we went out there. Hello, people were out there, and we were like, "What's going on?" And this lady and her like kids were there watching it, and she's like, "Yeah, this young man just ran up in front of the train tracks, 
pulled his pants down to his ankles and it fucking nailed him. I was like, what? That's an interesting detail. Yeah, that's a weird, like, why is that? What what was that part about? But that would be something I'd actually be interested to, like, go back and look at. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think to remember that until right now in the context of Dick's story. Like, I wonder if that was, like, made up on the spot or if that was, like, a detail they included and... Anyway, it seems like it seems like once every few years somebody gets killed on the track. I always just assumed it was like a drunk person using yeah. the tracks to like walk home from the bars and they either pass out or don't hear the thing coming or they're just so fucked up. They I don't know who knows, but it is pretty close to the college and like the party scene like downtown on different points because it kind of bisects that. So, yeah, that would be like it would make sense that at least every 10 years you'd have a handful of dust directly from that just like some idiot that's fucking drunk and yeah i anyway I had a roommate and uh well i've had a lot of roommates but i was like hey where'd that puka show necklace go and nice. she's like, oh i thought this was so-and-so's i'm all well can you get it back for me that was mine and then he committed suicide like that was it he was going it wasn't an accident in front of the train right there by the where the bike path crosses to go to nord Jesus Christ. So, was yeah. it the, was that it was the like sh- a week after I'd asked for the necklace back. Was it the shame of having a puka shell necklace? Yeah. Well, no, this is, dude, this is, and it was, it was a gift from somebody who went to Hawaii. It was nice. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird. My mom, when I moved here and she found out I was like living near the tracks, she was like, be careful. Don't be like, I'm like, mom, I know, I can tell when the train's coming. Like, I, I'm okay. I'm able to but avoid But let me trains. walk around Oakland when I'm like four to go get yeah. my sister. So, <laughs> I was like, wait, now is when you're going to check on me and tell me to be careful? <laughs> well, I can see that being more scary because, you know, four, you're like four. But, you know, when you're 20 or 22 around there, it's like. You're you're able to get into a lot more shit, you know. You're able to well, do. She's yeah. further away, so she probably feels like she has less control over. Yeah, you know. And she's like, my fucking son is wearing puka shell necklaces. Who knows what, <laughs> other, bad de- what other bad decisions he's making out there? Hey, man, this is two thousand. This is unbelievable. <laughs> uh, probably made a lot of bad decisions, but you know, hey, here today, who, so I got who through. Has it? Lord knows I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen so many dead hookers in my life. Yes. Hello, real cops? <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are we at? All right, so, so, you, so you've been in Chico a while now. You're doing your own thing. You're, you're hanging, you're banging. And um, this is where I think I uh, want to get the uh, story going. We can yeah. come back to it. There's a lot of gaps to fill in, but due yeah, to time we can... constraints and our uh, commercial sponsors, <laughs> I think that we need to uh, pick it up. Coors Light, pay me. Hey, G. What? Can you pause so I can take a piss? Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll just timestamp it right now and then go for it. Right. 35 Talk minutes. amongst yourself. I'm getting a little verklempt. break Dude, did you see that we made the fucking uh we made the film review subcategory charts on that's that was apple 
Apple Podcasts, which is like the biggest. Was that I think for, like, um, <sighs> was that for a specific episode or just the show in general? Or it's just the show in general is the way they track it. I think a lot of the the Apple in specific hides like what their criteria is for rankings, so that in an effort for podcasts not to like game the system and, un- and figure out like how to play to the rankings versus playing to the listener and like mm. just making good content that that's their stated purpose. I'm sure it's, they have other nefarious reasons for not sharing how they quantify because I've seen other reports too, where it's like, Hey, if you know the right company, you can pay them to get on like, you know, new and noteworthy and relevant and, and actually bump you up on charts so you'll just be visual because a lot most people go in and they look at like the top 100 for each subcategory or whatever they're looking for like oh this looks good and they'll try that so yeah there's i'm sure there's a backdoor built into that too but at any rate it's it's like an aggregate for your show like i wouldn't be able to pin it back but you could you could infer like anecdotally based on like our podcast host shows like all the downloads like by day and by week per episode. So you could, you could look at a couple different resources and be like, Oh, it was probably because of this. And for December 8th, that's when I released the episode for the first volume of Coors Light Chronicles. So we got a, a we got a decent link I sent you that we are now cultural tastemakers because goblin mode became the like word of the year for 2022. (laughs) You heard it here the, first, folks. Our our influence knows no bounds. <laughs> but their definition of it made so much more sense than yours <laughs> at the time. Mine, like I was I reading just, it like, yeah. oh, yeah, that makes more sense than somebody walking around like, I'll be having that. <laughs> yeah. the, that was a total like anecdotal poll I found on on Reddit that I just thought was fucking funny. Like that, yeah. that, that person's interpretation of it. And it's probably just something someone made up, but I like to think in my mind, like there's someone that actually does that and had that, that moment with where the neighbor asked them like, yeah, I heard this shit going on. They're like, yeah, it beats me. Yeah. And then they're having like an internal paranoia crisis about like, fuck, they know like, uh, <laughs> anyway, do you mind if I take a couple quick drags off this real quick before I get started on this next part? No, go Can for it. Can you do it quick? Yeah. I'm not going to smoke the whole <laughs> thing, man. I just. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sorry if I, I'm not making you mad, all right? No, no. I'm just trying to get like ready to tell this part. So I don't You're got fine. shit to do. Nobody's nobody's mad. This ain't going to make the show, is it? No. All right, cool. Maybe some of I it. Think, I think it should. I peeled off. I peeled off some stuff, and I put I put Coors Light Chronicles Volume One bonus that I'll come back and revisit. I have a couple chunks of shit. Like I I recorded um, when you and I first got going. Like when we did a trial, just to so I could fuck with the audio quality. And when I botched the Highlander episode, when I was scrambling before we chose to cover the jaunt to like make up for it. I was like, fuck, maybe I can cobble together some of our first recording because we did go, we just started talking about shit and we, we did go off on a couple funny, like uh, things that we remembered tangents. And I've, I trimmed that down pretty good 
to where it could be almost like a standalone like mini cast like so i and i i pieced together some of the first part of highlander that was like not corrupted it's like 15 minutes worth so between that i'm trying to like cobble together a couple like bonus sets of stuff in case we get into a spot you know and maybe i can just put something out it'd be funny to put out like a five minute version of the highlander episode like it was fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) steve thought it sucked i think it's the greatest thing it was okay sean connery was really confusing and gay um yeah he didn't it was fine christopher lambert raiden uh he's french (laughs) the the fucking uh the guard from shawshank is in it the asshole he wields a sword oh yeah that's right good old clancy brown let's go mike we got things to do what was that Damn, one that's a, that's a long bump. That was from Phantasm 2. Okay. Yeah. That was right that. after burying his wife and kids, and he just says, let's go, Mike. Oh, yeah. We got things to do. And then they, they go, we got we have four-barreled shotguns and flamethrowers to build Sick. at the local hardware store and kill few... I don't want the other thing, too, at, at the risk of sounding fucking sappy or something uh, or over over talking this thing if you don't want to talk about anything we don't have to talk about anything or if you change your mind or something this is just a platform and you said you wanted to talk about it and it's meaningful to you so we'll go as far as you want to take this yeah and feel free to ask any questions i'm no i'll answer questions i'm fine talking about this story it's I guess part of what makes me weird, I'm not, I didn't like shelter myself or shut down no, after I, everything. Like I've, I've always I don't think that makes you, it. I don't think that makes you weird. I think that makes, that's what's exceptional about the whole thing. You know, like if I'm being real. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have gone through things, not so much like this, but just, you know, people dying of illness and stuff and they just can't get over it. And to me, it's kind of weird. It's not weird. It, it's, I was like, you're that person you lost would want you to go on and be strong. Right. And a lot of these people that I know have trouble doing that. And I don't know what to say to them because I've been through something. Well, what you, so what you went through was so much worse because I have seen that too, where somebody loses like an elderly parent to old age and it just yeah. fucking devastates. And it's like, yeah. I mean, this is this is normally a part of life, but when you lose your mom so young in such an unexpected way, no one no one would blame you for being like mentally fucking broken by that. So just the fact that you're it not. made me, I think it made me mentally stronger, even though I was, you know, I didn't have to go to preschool, so I was already pretty much a <laughs> genius. Yeah, you already had that chip on your shoulder. Uh, I didn't have to go to fucking preschool, you little baby. I couldn't afford to go to preschool, probably. No, yeah, I I agree but, with Steve. I mean, yeah, like it, it's it's an it's a, an exceptional set of circumstances that you know no one should have ever have to experience, and th- the way in which you have and you've continued to live your life, I think is it's inspiring, and it's not to be too sappy though. It's just it's it's an exceptional example of you know like you you can go on and and continue to be you know a productive member of society a good person a good friend and a a positive example and 
to someone else that has gone through something really rough and traumatic too. You know, it's like, there is a way out. You do have a choice. Although, you know, not everyone's created equal and everyone's got a different life experience and a different, they're looking through a different viewfinder. That's what I mean. I can't understand everybody's mindset. But with all that said, I think you, you set a positive example, you know, like of being able to overcome and, and not let it, uh, define or dominate you so every story has a hero and a villain right and so in this case dick is obviously the hero of this story but i i'm wondering if dick you're willing to talk a little bit about the man who is the villain in this particular story oh a man a man yeah. by the name of I, timothy walter woodhall yes all right so uh living in corning uh my best friend sorry john uh dennis was my best friend Loved you too, Dad. But he lived down the street, about five houses down from this guy, Tim Woodhall. And uh, this is early 90s. Would go, Dennis and his family was close friends with uh, Tim, and he lived with his mom. And uh, would go over there, play RBI baseball, would be out in the street throwing the football around. And Tim, uh, Steve, do you have his age? I don't think i have it i think he's like 64 i think he's 64 now yeah so i'm 46 so what's that 18 years yeah yep um hey i can do math quick math (laughs) um did you say math (laughs) 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 the 490 49 minute mark right in that window (laughs) quick aside I don't know. I, I can edit this out too. I'm just curious. Do you know what cross tops are, Dick? Have you ever cross heard that tops? term? Cross tops no. uh, in an illicit nature of drug. No. Oh, okay. I've heard I of a cross cross top. They were like amphetamines that you could get. Like they were pills. I think they were like diet pills in like the 70s and 80s. One of my football no, no, coaches no, that was before was my like, time before I knew any. Okay. I knew yellow jackets. Yeah, that was after. That was Fen-fen. actually you could buy. A that was like shit you could buy at the gas station. Yeah, I, I know. In, in like the late I 70s. I thought that's what you're talking about. No, in the late 70s, one of my football coaches was like, dude, he's like, I can remember like freshman JV year, we go in at halftime and the fucking trainer would give us cross tops and they were like amphetamines. They were like pharmaceutical grade. And he's like, we'd go out there and fucking just like be looking to rip someone's head off. That was half our football team, but I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Cross tops, yeah. <laughs> I was just curious if you knew what those were. No, no, no. Not a complete junkie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were talking about Tim. Tim. So used to, you know, I knew the guy for a long time. And after I moved to Chico, there's a, there's a lot of churches in Corning. Uh, I'm not religious personally, but my sister Melissa was. Remember, I got busted doing something, and my mom's form of grounding me was to send me to vacation Bible school with Melissa on Sundays, thus missing the Niner games. Oh yeah, double yeah, whammy. That was that was like a three week stretch. But she went to this little um, church. Um, the Church of Christ, as I think they're all called, or unless they're Latter-day Saints or whatever. 
Christ the Redeemer. Um, right, right. Uh, block down from the Seven Eleven in Corning. G. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So behind Les Schwab. Yeah. Sorry, Steve, for leaving you out on this one. Oh yeah, I know yeah. that one. It's yeah. okay. So it's a little. A, ass, there's a lot uh, of white Corning shirt. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um. We'll have to bring up Sprouse Ritz one of these days. Oh, Cornet. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. So Melissa met Tim at church. So I didn't have anything like she wasn't like hanging out at Dennis's and met Tim one day. This was Tim was a church guy. Uh, his mom went there. Does Tim also have some mental issues or no? Oh, I would say yes. But um, because I'll get to that later. Okay. Um, but at the time he was just. But yes. At it, the time, no, he was. Did you notice anything at the time where he was he just like one of the like a dude down the street that you knew that was. No, 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 no. A friend of like, a friend this, kind of thing. This, this dude is off as a rocker. Yeah, this oh, okay. little ass Toyota pickup worked at the uh, one of the local gas stations. Remember, he had a one of those '80s one speaker radios sitting on the back of his uh, bench seat of his little Nissan pickup. That was his uh, stereo in the car. Hell yeah! But he worked at the same gas station that uh, Dennis worked at, and so I've known him forever. And, um, yeah, moved to Chico. And then one day, Melissa and Tim, I I can't remember how long they'd been dating, but they decided to get married. And it was kind of weird for us that, you know, all right, this is Melissa. She wants to lead her own life. And I'll come into play later on. But my mom always had an open door policy for all three of us. That if you ever need to move home, my door is always open for you no matter what. Even though it wasn't much, but that's the kind of person she was. So I remember the wedding. It was a small wedding. It was mostly people from her church. My mom, Jennifer, me. I gave Melissa away to Tim. It was, I've got some pictures and a lot of them from that day, I've either cut them out of the picture, but I've came across some that still feature them in it. So, uh, yeah, we had the wedding. Oh, my grandparents were definitely there because I have some other photos. We were at the local restaurant. There weren't a lot of restaurants in Corning, but I remember having pictures. My cousin was there. So I think the whole family was there and it was a very small family, but. What year was the wedding? I want to say 90. I want to say 99 or 2000 okay. at some point. Okay. I feel bad. I don't have the date of that on there. Yeah. Well, fuck. That was 23, almost 25 years ago. What? Yeah. How, how long had they been dating in the background that you were either unaware aware or unaware of before they oh, decided, hey, let's. this was a year, so like, nine month courtship as people in the day would say as it were okay so and i remember whenever i would come to town which wasn't very often because i was a scumbag and didn't have my own vehicle 
you know, making probably. You don't have your point. own vehicle. You're a scumbag. Yeah, I was like, you're a scrub. Sitting out the passenger side of your. <laughs> you got and that's it. That's how I get there. My roommate Matt. That's how, because he's from Corning, so that's how I would get. I would see my family when. Uh, he would go to Corning. He would drop me off at them. Even after he or, almost uh, killed you and your friend Sarah, you still hopped in his passenger side. Yeah, yeah. After he almost killed us. <laughs> at, I don't know. I was this after well, the, the do with the that, but three I think flips? it would have been yeah. worse if I didn't interject, but. Three and a half flips. It was. Well, we were upside down, so that's not a full flip. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know how long they'd been dating. I don't know how long they were actually married before everything happened. But I do know that at some point, Melissa was being abused. So she decided to move home and Tim thought that my mom wanted her social security check as just extra money, which is far from the truth. It was just the, you ever need to move home. You can't. Right. Now at this point I'm in Chico Jennifer's, I don't know where uh, she, I think she's in Corning, but yeah, she is in Corning. Uh, did I space that out? Who's Jennifer? My the other sister. sister. That's right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. So she's in Corning. I'm an idiot. Melissa is living with Tim, like two blocks down from the Seven um, Eleven post office in this little apartment with Tim. And whatever, I don't know. I wasn't told about what was going on. I just knew that Melissa was wanting to move home. So you didn't hear no. it as like, oh, there's fucked up shit going on. She just, they're not getting I, along. I didn't really hear she, that. I just knew that Melissa was moving home. She's just, she's moving home. That's, okay. That's par for the course. This guy's a fucking idiot. Okay. You look like oh. Sonny Bono, man. I fucking. <laughs> what does that have to, what does fucking Vietnam have to do with anything? I don't know. Anything? It just sticks in my mind. <laughs> The fucker looks like Sonny Bono, and I can't get it out of my mind. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Don't be sorry, man. It's, uh, hopefully, we have a few laughs along the way because I. Yeah, you know, I don't want to try to make. That. I don't want it to be too morbid, you know. But that is. A, yeah. that, it's just a funny detail to like <laughs> associate. Well, if if I send you the photo of the wedding, and I'll if understand. you post that on the cover, you'll see he looks okay. like fucking Sonny Bono. Okay, got it. All right. So, Melissa's moving home uh, because he's a fucking dickhead and not very stable. I think he'd had three felonies prior to this. Jesus Christ. One. Like what, what kind? Like yeah, One of them what? was, gee, do you remember the Flying Boat Restaurant or oh, yeah. Three J's? Yeah, the former home of the yeah. legendary Three J's. Yeah, so whatever that building was back in the 70s, he broke in through the roof, went down, and he got arrested as he was making burgers on the grill. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was just, like, we, I didn't know this shit. Like, you don't know this information. But well, yeah. Sorry, was, we don't do background checks on yeah, everybody, Steve. Yeah, back you in those days. Me. Yeah. I was just thinking, if you don't get the fucking Corning Chamber of Commerce to sponsor this episode, 
<laughs> you're missing out. They're getting so much free advertising. Like, dude. oh, and then there's the uh, the old Piggly Wiggly down on the corner there. Uh, dude, Three J's. Yeah, was- press rates. The three J's was the place to be in the summertime. You go there and get a fucking cone. You didn't go to McDonald's. It was like a, it was like one of those fifties, like burger stands, like kind of like a Mel's, but not quite like you could walk, yeah, like you could walk up or yeah. Yeah. You could walk up and they had like an outdoor, like little booth and you could order through like a plexiglass window or it had a diner, a little L shaped diner on the inside that you could go and yeah. pull up to the, the stool. But it, I remember that. Yeah, that place was fucking. It's like a corning landmark. But since that, like, it's prime time of being three J's, like this American Burger stand. I think it went on to like five different fucking places, like different establishments, and then it finally settled. Yeah, it's been Chinese. It's been a Chinese place called the Flying Boat for quite a while now. My my grandpa actually lived two blocks from it, and he he frequented it when it was when it was doing well. But uh, yeah, I don't know why. I, a lot of people I knew used to call it Three Flies when it was Three J's. Did you ever hear that, Dick? No. Let's go to Three Flies. No. Okay. Anyway. All right. So he has so, this guy. This guy's three a real felonies. That's, piece of work. That's serious. Yeah. That, and this was after the three uh, three strikes law was passed. Oh, it was after. So, so yeah. should have. I didn't know he had three felonies at the point, you know, until we were getting into legal he, shit. He but. must have got like grandfathered into that somehow. Then, well, not all. Yeah, not that, all. That's what I'm thinking. Not all felonies are strikeable felonies, though. Oh, really? According to yeah. the California three strikes, or was that a federal? Oh, California, dude. It, no felonies. Well, I, 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 I meant California. It, was that a federal? The three strikes. Or was it a state level? I thought it was California. It, yeah, it, it would be a state thing. Um, okay. But yeah, I think I think both things are probably true. He probably got one or two of them before they enacted Counted it. Counted as the three strikes? But yeah, yeah I, I know not all they felonies two are. bonus ones later. Dude, yeah, that's right. I, dude, I remember I knew some people, someone who isn't me's dad had like <laughs> a lot of charges that yeah. I'm pretty sure had to have been felonies and and the three strikes didn't apply to them. So that makes sense that, yeah, there had to be some time period. I think they need, I think they need to be violent felonies to be strikeable. Okay. Uh, Or maybe that's how it used to be. But yeah, I think like a, what you're describing of like a breaking and entering hamburger theft. Yeah. Uh, The hamburger. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Hell yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how that actually turns into a felony, but yeah, I could see it. Uh, but I don't know if that would count as a strike. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That that's pretty nuts though to have three felonies. Yeah, and this yeah. is bef- this is before he got married to your sister that he had these felonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and and, and you guys no... you didn't know about that before, no. or did you? Okay, no. yeah, and like I this time period, just by looking at him, being <laughs> try not to be a judgmental piece of shit, but I can yeah. look at somebody and tell them. But that that's another right away, thing. That kind yeah, of character. Sonny Bono. He <laughs> did. That, Sonny Bono was a lot nicer person than this guy, I think. That's another thing about this day and age, like the double-edged sword of like having a lot of information. I mean, to me, that would be like one in the area where it's like good, where you can be proactive. Like right now, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was like you can uh, find out. No. You can find out. I court had cases. my red flags, but I didn't have like you know paperwork i didn't have right and now if you wanted to you could go on 
to any county in the at least in California, you can go to any county in the state and look up someone's name. You can look up prior charges, and you know the internet being what it is, like you can find out way more about people nowadays actually, than you could funny. back then. I just stumbled across, uh, you know, Jody Arias. Yeah, yeah. So we have a mutual friend. Yeah. that is. I just uh, came across her uh, mailing address online. I thought it might be funny to like. Write her a letter. (laughs) Just send her a bunch of. You know, so and so. I want you to read a draft. Not so much that, but just send her. Um, just send her like a hundred would you rather's or just random questions (laughs) to see if she writes back. Mary fuck kills. She has time. Yeah, like what's your? Are do you like dogs or cats? You know, (laughs) she has nothing else to do. I thought it'd be a funny thing for the show to just become a pen pal with this crazy bitch who stabbed her <laughs> ex-boyfriend to death. Yeah. Damn. And I, what we're getting into is way not as crazy as that. So, I mean, it's, there's different, like when people who lose somebody and there's all these different scenarios about how they died, there's variance of uh, varying circumstances. And I was even thinking about that today, Steve, I was like, you know, as crazy as this story is, I know somebody who's got to know somebody with the crazier story. And well, it's all relative. At, at, at the macro, at the largest scale, there's always going to be a bigger fucking fish, you know. But I, yeah, I yeah, you can you can always but, find, especially now when you have more access to information, that it's like ubiquitous. It's like there there's always going to be something to one up. But with without that all yeah. said, I don't think you should downplay like. Like no, it, it doesn't not. take away. But it doesn't take away anything. My point to the fact that that's why I kind of want to tell this story because Steve, you've and I don't know, Gwenza, you have read the article in the record searchlight from the court date, and then they that that's just those little blurbs, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you have a story out there like this that is known by everybody. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I kind of wanted to tell this story. Yeah, yeah, shed some some light on it. Yeah, that's totally lacking yeah. for sure. And it's not to glorify or make no. people feel sorry for me or my family or no. It's just for the, it's just I because mean, it, it's these stories it's, are untold. They're right in the news and gone. Yeah. It's not just because. <clears throat> Like you pointed out, like at that time in the record searchlight, there was a like a maybe a half a paragraph blurb about what happened to your mom, and you know that that's happened to countless of families and and people that this has happened to. But then now, when you fast forward a little bit, there's way more information about you know things that have happened. Some of them get picked up and sensationalized, and I, I can see totally like you're not from a standpoint where you're trying to glorify it or you're not trying to curry like, or like bring attention, like feel sorry for me, feel bad. But to me, it's more of about like a respect thing of, of like, you know, you're, I don't know if that sounds morbid to say paying tribute to your mom, but it's like, it's giving her more. It's giving her something more than a, like a half a paragraph, like, yeah, yeah. this person well, was killed by this person. You know, it goes on. You're trying to tell the story that it, it was never told. And it, I think it deserves to be told, you know? Yeah. Like, she, she deserves the attention. Yeah. Cause I mean, that it obviously goes without saying that sh- that never should have happened. And it's, it's a tragic event that uh, d- deserves to be d- 
discussed, you know, like this happened to this person. This person was a real person that flesh and blood that had a life and it was taken from her. And, and it was it a has, caring person that like, there was like no reason other than for pure, I'd say insanity for this to happen. So yeah. So you get into it? yeah. So yeah. Melissa moved back home to get away from Tim. Right. Yes. How long had was, she been back there? Or do you know? I do not know because so I'll pick it up with my birthday, May 2nd, 2001. That was the last time I saw my mom. Went there. It was uh, my grandparents, my mom, her boyfriend Ivan, and they had they they were the people that would move goats to pastures. Okay. Have you ever seen that? When I I lived in Rockland Roseville area for a time, and they had uh, they didn't have goats, but they had sheep. That they would move from area Something to area to chew up and just it was it was like, like these thistle. it was these in between areas between subdivisions that were like overgrown and they were really rocky yeah. and like fucked fucked up terrain to where you couldn't hire like a grounds crew they'd probably charge you a fucking arm and a leg so they would unleash these packs of like it had to have been a fucking thousand or 2000 fucking sheep. Oh, and they just, a lot of they'd leave yeah. them there for like, you know, a sheep. week or a week or two at a time. And cats. then they, huh? Say goat, sheeps or cats or whatever you want. Yeah. I'm out in the field, some kind of grazing creature. And yeah, they chew up this whole area and they, they'd have electric fences and shit. So they'd stay in. And then I imagine I never saw it happen, but they'd fucking like pack them away and they'd go to the next region. Cause we used to go on like these little walks around like two or three mile walks on the weekends. And every once in a blue moon, be like, Oh, the sheep are here. And they'd come up to the fence and it, it's kind of funny. Like even this day and age, like that's the way that's the best way to do it. But anyway, total aside, like I, I I, I've seen that, but just not with goats. Yeah. I yeah. see it all over, and it always reminds me of my mom. When I'm driving, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I see goats yeah. all the time because they're doing it for, like, fire prevention stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're try- you're just trying to get that shit fucking grazed down. So it's, I guess it was a big business 20 years ago. It was uh, starting to pop up. Well, it, seem- it seems to benefit both parties, right? The, the, the people who own the land want the shit gone. The people who own the goats, who who are then going to eventually, goats and I don't know if they if they sell them for meat or milk or what, but you know they got to keep them alive. So it seems like a very symbiotic relationship yeah. between the two. But those fuckers can it, eat, man. Oh yeah. No, oh, I believe me. We had goats. Uh, but my mom, she had she started her own business when we were in Corning. Uh, like I said in the uh, last episode, that we weren't allowed to go on a lot of, we weren't not, not allowed, but we couldn't go on a lot of vacations for a long period of time <laughs> because we had animals and you had to pay somebody to take care of them. So oh, yeah. she actually started a business. Um, it's kind of funny. She had her uh, name was D.L. Young. She didn't want to put Donna. She thought that that might scare people away. So she put D.L. Young. With the phone number, and on the other side on that same line was Will Barter on her flyer. And people would always call the house asking for Will Barter. <laughs> I was oh my just God. Say, who's Will Barter? <laughs> people awesome. are so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, that yeah, reminds yeah. me of a meme. It's like a it's like at a courthouse and it's like a placard and it said Bill Stickers will be uh uh investigated or something like that. And it's people putting up bills like you know, like uh like want ads and, and just different bills, but then someone wrote on it it was like Bill Stickers is innocent. Like <laughs> like the person <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Fucking dumb. But yeah, that when you first said that, I was like, oh, they're going to, it's going to be, they think it's a person. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. We'd probably get, we didn't get a lot of calls, but I'll say like three people a month would ring the horn on the phone in the kitchen and we'll uh, pick that up and Will Barter there. Hey, is Will. All right. So. What, wait. So she owner, what was the business again? Uh, small car, uh, farm and kennel. Services, uh, maintenance. I don't know. Fuck. I feel bad. I feel like a dick for not. Uh, well, she would that like. She would. She would kennel she, dogs, right? And other dog, small animals. Anything. She had a farm. She had actually some pretty. She had a. She like had she, a client. Their her and her um, husband had show horses, and it was just uh, up Corning Road past Bartels. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Steve. You're like Bart- that one. Bartell's Giant Burger. Yep. More local uh, corn and top. <laughs> and they had this place. And so she actually, they were like, they were steady clients where she'd actually have, because like I said earlier, Tim thought my sister, my mom wanted to move my sister home for her social security money. We were all out of the house. Right. The last thing my mom wanted at that point in her life was for any of us to be in her fucking house. Right. She was doing her own thing. Like, she was yeah. wheeling a deal. And but she had, she her had own the business. open door policy. If you ever need anybody. Right. Need somewhere to go. My door is always open for you. Right. Like any good parent would. Yeah. So that was Tim's mindset was my mom is getting Melissa to move She's on. trying to milk this not, somehow. Not because I'm abusing her and she wants to get away. Right. It's. Donna wants her to uh, move home so she can get her six, seven hundred dollars a month. Right. So it's classic Not narcissist true. psychopath. Yeah. Well, and I have to imagine he also thinks that she's like meddling between the two of them. Yeah, actively you know, plotting, dra- like driving I mean, a wedge. Sure had to. Like I, I, I have no. They. All right. I, I don't want to get into that part until uh, we get to the uh, court day, but. Yeah. So it was May 2nd, uh, my birthday, 25th birthday, Bass Norte, my grandparents. You know, we have a great dinner because I don't know if you've ever ate at Bass Norte. But oh, yeah. That's some good food. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, I once uh, ordered a steak there and I asked for it bloody and it was the most delicious fucking steak I've ever had in my life. Nice. You got to get it bloody. You got to get that shit red. Oh, yeah. Anything. It was almost. Well it was almost blue. Or medium is fucking bad. Yeah. So uh, that was, and you know, we were never the kind of family that sat there and said, I love you. I gave my mom, I think it was Christmas Eve, I went there and Melissa was somebody I would always give a hug to because she, that was something that she really appreciated. My mom wasn't the same way. We were always sarcastic. Hey, I'll see you later. Blah, blah, blah. 
We wouldn't give like each other high fives or like fucking fist bumps or anything. Dabs. But we wouldn't give each other hugs either. So I was there um, and it was like Christmas Eve or something the year before she died. And I'm walking out and I was like, I give her a hug. And it was the most awkward thing in the world because <laughs> it wasn't something that we ever did. Right. And I, I don't know if you guys can understand that, but it was like, she's all, oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> but it was just to tell you, I mean, like, like I said, when I talked to my sister on that Thanksgiving on the previous podcast for people that haven't listened, I was like, hey, mom, Jennifer's on the phone. We weren't a very affectionate, close fan. We loved each other. Right. We knew that, but it wasn't something you had to show. So, yeah, I, I remember giving her a hug. And that was like the uh, last hug I gave her before the one on my birthday when we were uh, finished dinner. We're going out. My roommate and I are getting ready to head to out to the bars, you know, fucking 25 dog. And get my- <laughs> 25 dickhead. That's a chop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably didn't get anything that night, but <laughs> it, you'd never think that that is the last time you're going to see mm-hmm. somebody so important in your life. So that was May 2nd, May 11th, 2001, so five months before 9-11, Tim decides that he wants to kill my mom and my sister. So Melissa, who, a little backstory, was known to hang out at the truck stops in the restaurants drinking coffee all night. We lived about, like Petro. I don't know, maybe, a, well, for me, a 20-minute walk, for her, maybe a little longer. But we lived about a mile away from the truck stops on the other side of I-5. The truck stops are on the west or east side. We lived on the west side. And um, Melissa always had her. And I'm not sure when her and Tim, when their shit really hit the fan, when she decided to move home. Mm-hmm. But that night, thankfully, she didn't go home. Um, I guess she was at the car show out at Woodson Bridge that day. And then however she got, she may have walked. Who knows that that girl was insane. She would walk everywhere, but she didn't thankfully show up that night. So at around, I'm not sure I haven't like read the police report, but at some point Tim had showed up at the house. He, uh, well, the house, it was a single wide mobile home. And um, he'd went out on the back porch and he cut the phone lines. Jesus. Not sure what he did in between the time, but he had taken a knife out and he went and sat in my mom's room, which is one of my old bedrooms at the time, which is right. So you have this trailers regresses has a bedroom up front, the kitchen, living room, and then a hallway to a den which was another one of my bedrooms, very small bathroom, and then one bedroom in the back. So it was like two and a half bedrooms. Uh, one of them, I think, was more of a den because it was very small. But so he posted up in the front bedroom right by the kitchen. Phone lines are cut. At some point, I'm thinking this is around 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. My mom comes home. She has some, uh, like, two bags of groceries in the truck. Brings one in. I think she went out and got the other bag of groceries. 
brought it in. And then at the, when she's in the kitchen, he comes out of the bedroom with the kitchen knife and stabs her four times, I think in the back. My mom struggles with him, gets the knife out of his hands, runs out of the house, down the steps, and then collapses in front of some rose bushes. I believe through testimony that he said he sat there, went out there, looked at her. He went in, got another knife, and went out there and stabbed her 13 more times. Fuck. I didn't know where all the stab wounds were, but when uh, that article that Steve found, it said somewhere in the face. Like, I, it's, uh, yeah. So he went back into the house, grabbed a sheet, went and covered her up, and then went back into the house to wait for my sister to come home for, I think, I think he waited for four hours from what I remember. Jesus Christ. And then finally he's... For whatever reason, he gave up because my sister is probably at the truck stop. Hopefully at this point, not still out at Woodson Bridge. It's fucking dark. Yeah. But she'd go to the truck stop and drink coffee and just hang out there all the time. And then uh, I'll walk home. She came home like at four in the morning. Yeah. Went in and saw. So wherever, however she walked into the house and. One of the pictures I want to give Gwenza is the picture of the trailer. And then the bush closest to the walkway leading up to the porch is where my mom had fallen. So at some point, Tim gave up and rode his bike home, which is, you know, three miles, I guess, from the truck stop to where they lived. And um guess he stopped at the car wash across or like right next to or like a block down from 7-Eleven. Yeah, right across from. Do you know that car like, wash? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's like Kitty Corner from 3J's flying boat. Yeah. So in that car wash, he threw away his bloody short or no bloody shirt, I guess. And maybe a couple of other articles of clothing. Then went back to their apartment where they'd lived and went to bed. Well, Melissa comes home, walks in, sees a couple bags of groceries on the table or on the counter and sees my mom's doors open but isn't home. And so she walks back outside and sees this sheet and she picks it up. Pulls it open and then sees my mom laying there. So I can't imagine what's going through her mind at this point, man. Like I, It's something that I, I, at this point, obviously I don't know at this point, but she goes in, picks up the phone and try, tries to call 911. Phone's dead because he'd cut the phone lines. Right. This is Fuck. fully premeditated. Yeah. So Fuck. she... I, I Like I said, I can't imagine what's going through her mind right now. And so she goes to the neighbor's house, and this is 4.30 now. Are they pretty far the door, Are they pretty far they away? Because you live out in the, you're, you're out in the country, basically? How, yeah, how far we're, we're actually go? not in Corning City Limits. We're in Sheriff Country. You're in, you're in county? We're, we're just outside the city limits, so we're uh, Tama County Sheriff's. Yeah. 
Um, she goes over there, says, I believe that my mom is my, something's wrong with my mom. I need to call the cops. And I think she knew, but so they call 911 cops come out. Uh, I, it was the sheriff's department cause that's who we had to go talk to. So it wasn't Corning PD. She tells him like, do you know who do this? And she tells him right away that it was Tim. Like Melissa knew right away that who had done this. Mm-hmm. So, I, like I said, I don't know what led up to all this. Right. How long after this had happened? Sorry to cut you off if you were getting to this point, but how long after this no, no, had I, happened? I like the question. Were you were you know. were you alerted to this fact? I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that. Okay. Which is probably the next segment. <laughs> um. So yeah, Melissa calls the cops. This is four in the morning on May eleventh. Or May 12th. 12th. So May 11th, it was the Friday night. It was May 11th. May 12th was a Saturday. And how fun. May 13th, Sunday is Mother's Day. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. So I, due to uh, my low earning wage at the time, and my roommate, we were behind on our phone bill. So... Couldn't call out long distance. He could only call like local numbers. So get up at, you know, 930 in the morning, Saturday. And I, we hadn't, do you know what an answer machine is? We had an answer machine. And so I played a message and it was from Jennifer. And she's all, Richard, you need to call me right now. And I thought it was something that happened to my nephew. Like I can tell something was wrong. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't call long distance. So, and so did your did your sister Jennifer have kids at this time? So you thought it was something happened to one of her kids? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was her son. Something had your happened. Nephew. To like okay. I wasn't even thinking about my mom at all. Right, like he was in the hospital or something happened. It was, I was long like, hey, distance Richard, back you then. Call me right now. So from Chico to Corning. Yeah, she was, was in Corning distance. at the time. She moved back to Corning back in the uh, mid nineties. Or no. But it was but it was long distance from Chico to Corning? Yeah. For the landlines, you had to be like oh, really local in order to dude, one of the one times I made my mom cry is I <laughs> I ran up a, like a three hundred dollar phone bill calling a girl. It was weird. You can call from Orland to Corning and it was not long distance, but you do it backwards. And it was long distance. And, you know, I'm just sitting out there on the porch on a phone because that's where our phone was at that point. And I remember I just ran up and I didn't realize at the time just talking to this girl and ran up a $300 phone bill. And I remember her just breaking down about not being able to, like, afford that. And I think she reached out to my grandparents and got some help. But there there were only a couple of times in my life where I made – I felt like I did my mom wrong and those, those, those stick with me. And, um, but yes, making long distance phone calls was one of them, <laughs> but yeah, from Chico to Corning was a long distance call. That's, that's pretty innocuous. So we, I would say the what I, I, that's pretty low level shit to like, I, feel I know I was now. it's like, as, I as a point of, as Obviously. a quick point of levity, as being a bad kid, I remember I was in Corning in fourth grade, and I charged up like three, like 
three or four hundred dollars worth of charges calling like porno like one eight hundred numbers at my grandparents' house. <laughs> and I remember, I don't know, if, I don't know if you, you, I think you know by uh, like reputation, my grandpa, um, or may have met him a couple times, but my grandpa uh, confronted me one time. I was over there, and he had gotten the uh, phone bill, like the paper copy, in the mail. And he was sitting, like, he got home and he was sitting by the mantle where the fireplace was roaring, you know, and he's sitting there cross leg and I'm sitting on the couch and he's like, you want to talk to me about some of these, these numbers that you called? Like he knew everything and he just fucking, he grilled me dude for like 30 minutes and I was like 10 years old (laughs) and it was, it was pretty traumatic at that time. Like I, I was like, oh fuck man. But yeah, I, I racked up some these were like real ass long distance calls dude <laughs> like like if he would have been able to spell out the numbers it was like 1-800-969-TITS like shit like that I saw on like the the Spice Channel when they would advertise their little interstitials <laughs> they'd be like call 1-800 for a good time baby yeah anyway I know what you mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was different. We'll tell my story in a different episode on one day. Because I know Steve's itching at the bit. It's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, not today. We'll save that. We'll save it. Bank it. All right. So Tim had rode his bike home, ditched part of his clothes into the trash can. He was mm-hmm. still wearing the shorts with my mom's blood on it. So when Melissa... Obviously, when the uh, sheriffs came and talked to her, she knew right away what had happened. So did they take her word? Like, like okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. They, and they, and they, they, they went, went to, straight to his house? Yeah. Okay. Found him. Good. He was in bed. or I, I don't know if they bear, like used the battering ram to... I hope they buried a fucking billy club into his spine when they or woke what, him but up. But they said when they confronted him, he was at the house... Or the apartment, and he was wearing shorts still with my mom's blood on it. So you know you can kind of trail the uh, or follow the trail to him being the guy. Yeah, and it's weird you got to show the first forty-eight. I mean, this is the first forty-eight uh, seconds, twelve or forty-eight so, minutes, and probably. it was they they were able to get him. So, so as as far as like the case went, and like looking or like the early part of the case, they were able to identify, and they they got him, they snatched him up, and they had him yeah. pretty much dead. Oh, he was arrested before I even knew about my mom's murder. Oh wow! Okay. So, like I said, I was a scumbag, and we didn't pay our phone bill, which got us off on a tangent. My, that's on me. So I had. And I don't even know if I had my sister's phone number. I think she left it on the answering machine. So I wrote it down and I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Well, I'm on at the apartment where I lived. It was called Inglewood back in the day across from Trans-Pacific. You guys know where that is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, fuck, dude, what's, what's going on? Walk <clears throat> all the way down to the Shell station on the corner of West Sac and Nord. Yep. And there's a phone booth there. Get in the phone booth, reach in. I don't got my fucking sister's phone number. Damn. Fuck. Had to walk all the way back to my apartment, get the phone number, and I was like, fuck this. I called uh, because I can call local. 
called my old roommate, Don, who lived at Trans-Pacific. I was like, hey, Don, can I come over? I need to make a phone call real quick. So I go over there, fucking dial my sister's number, and first thing she said is, mom's dead. And I fall to the floor, like, like you can't imagine, man. Like, I'm not expecting to hear anything like that. No. And I was like, what the fuck? And so Don, Don's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get over there as soon as I can. Hang up. I, 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 and honestly, I can't tell you. I'm sure she did because I'm sure I asked what happened in that moment. But like in my mind, everything was just so fucking like, I, I can't remember if she told me then if I knew at that point what had happened. So I go home. Well, my only ride to Corning is Matt. And he doesn't get off work for another two hours. So I'm just sitting in my apartment like, hell in the fuck? Like, what am I, what's going to happen? Like, how? what happened? I, I need to get there. How long did you have to wait? Like I said, about two hours. Because I, so I had got two hours. Matt and I was like, so hey, you as to- soon as you get home, I need to ride to, I need to ride to Corning. So you, to put in the mind frame, you got the news out of the blue that your mom's dead and then you have two hours to sit there and you have to stew on it. And you didn't, you didn't see any of this coming with like Tim, you know, you knew he was kind of a loose cannon or just a a shady character. I didn't see anything like that coming. Right. But that, that, that's gotta be, even with his like background and being kind of a sketchy character, that was still like, you know, this is still like a a nuclear bomb has just gone off kind of. In your life at this point, yeah, and you, ha- and you have I, to wait I think two now hours. That, now that you bring that up, you bring that question up. I do think Jennifer. I, I think Jennifer mentioned that Tim had killed mom. Okay. Um, I don't know if she went into the details at that point, but it was like I it, like I'm saying everything. Everything at that moment, from going to the phone booth and then Dawn's. And until I got to Corning was just a fucking haze. Either way, even if you knew he killed her or or not, or if that she had just she's dead, you had to stew on that information for two hours before. Yeah, yeah, that's intense, yeah. man. So uh, Matt gets home, and we drive straight to my uh, sister's apartment, and we're sitting there, and we're just going over everything that had happened. Melissa's there, Jennifer's there. How is your sister handling this at this point? Is she Which one? a wreck? Uh, you're Melissa. Oh, Melissa's a wreck. Melissa was a wreck for the rest of her like, life. In, well, I, yeah, I, 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 I under, just, understood. Yeah. But at this point, is she like inconsolable and like screaming and like? No, 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 no. She was just she was happy that I was there. Okay. Like nope. So I was there where I was there for about a half hour, just talking to him, trying to figure out what went on, and then I thought. Holy shit, has anybody called grandma and grandpa? And Jennifer's all no. So I call the house in Alameda and uh Bay Farm Island, non island. And th- these are these are your your mom's parents, correct? Yes. So and these are these are people that are very important to you too. So they're having yes, to hear they're, this, they're, like, having no idea of what's going on. Yeah. And so they didn't answer the phone and I thought, okay, I better call the phone at the cabin and call that. And my uh, grandma answered the phone. And I was like, Grandma? And she's all, oh, hey, Richard, how are you doing? And I was like, Grandma, you need to sit down right now. And uh, she does. She's all, what's going on? What's, what's going on? And I was like, Mom's been murdered. 
and I'm all, you guys need to get here right now. And um, that was the hardest fucking call I've ever had to make in my life. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Um, and I'll tell you this about my grandpa. He is a slow, he was a, a former cop living in the city. Former so chief, you know he's attributing his slow driving or my mom would to him driving up and you see an alley, so you slow down. So he's always a gas stop, gas break, gas break. And that's how he drove in life. But I swear to God, they got from our cabin, which is at least three hours away. I swear to God, it was two and a half hours and they were in Corning at my sister's apartment. And uh, yeah, so we had to try to figure out what to do next. And so that was Saturday. They got a room. I don't know if I stayed at Jennifer's or if I stayed in the hotel room with them. But the next day, our next move was to go up to the sheriff's department in Red Bluff. At this point, do they make you go through all of like the kind of uh, procedural? Like, did you have to identify a body or did they start questioning or no we never had to identify a body i don't know if this was a case where identification was not needed wasn't needed yeah or were they up you at least i know none of us had to go in and say yes that is uh donnie young um but so yeah it's sunday mother's day be Sunday, May 13th, I believe. <laughs> right? Mother's Day is the second Sunday in May. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, right. actually. Super, like super cruel either way. Yeah. Um. So we went up to the sheriff's apartment. We went in, knocked on the door or the window of the the information desk or the uh, receptionist and officer came out and we were like, Hey, we are the family of my grandfather took the lead on this. And we're the grandfather or the, the family of Donnie Young that was murdered in Corning. And we, my grandfather's all, I'd like to be able to speak to the officer that was on scene that took the record. And they're all, well, we're sorry. It's mother's day as a day off. And one of the most badass things I've ever seen from a guy that's been retired for at this point over twenty years. And your grandpa just, just was he, your grandpa wasn't just, just a cop. He he was a former police chief, chief. of Alameda. Yeah. Yes. So and this yeah. guy he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And he's about to lay it down. Yeah. He flashed his ID. I don't think there's not a badge in there, but his whatever he showed them. The guy's all hold on just a second. And left, made a phone call. I shit you not, the cop that was on scene showed up 15 minutes later Wow! from mowing his lawn. Like, yeah. they're all, hey, this is one of ours. Like, this isn't. Yeah. So he showed up and he gave us the whole breakdown of basically what I've been able to tell you right now. But, dude, it was, it, it was, I don't know, it was. Sobering Grand- to see that you know people yeah. do look out for their own, and then when they uh, when they realize that this wasn't just some lady that got killed, it was yeah. Your grandpa was probably daughter like, of somebody. I don't care if it's Mother's Day. To, you that guy needs to get his ass down here inside of ten minutes. And he was, 
Yeah. Damn. I, that That's one of the most memorable things about, well, I mean, there are a lot of memorable things, but that's something that sticks out. So after we got all the information we could, oh, and between that time, and it sucks, we had reporters because this is something that just happened that day. So had, I don't know if it was Action News at that point or just KNVN or whatever. We had somebody out I always there. Remember, and, I always remember just, just Channel 24. I don't know if it was yeah. still that same number. I back think it was twenty four that day, but yeah, yeah, they so weren't they combined came, at that point. They came in and they asked you for like a statement, or uh, no, I was on the news and I just I can't even remember because I can't find it what I said. But at one point, I called Tim Goofy. And my grandfather's like, don't say that, and we asked them not to print or air that portion, and sure enough, they did. So in the newspaper, I don't know if it was on the news, but on the newspaper is all goofy husband murdered. Like it was, and it was Jesus just like Christ. my grandfather knew right away. Like don't say this or didn't say that. But, well, still though, like know. even even with you saying that, a a, 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 a company or a, an outfit like that should have the fucking wherewithal not to print something as fucking yeah. stupid as that. You know, like not saying you're stupid. I mean, you were in the moment of, of thinking of a lot of things. I'm sure, man. But yeah, they should, they should have more like professional, like integrity to like, you know, yeah. Label it something. Especially different. after my grandfather asked them not to print that, but yeah, neither here nor there. That's, that's, that's all forgotten. We, probably can't be found we do, on. We do not live in should land, unfortunately. So, Next thing I remember is we, so my aunt, my aunt flew in from Atlanta. Hotland. Like, um, she flew in from Atlanta. She got there. She was up there. So she found out, obviously, Saturday, like after I told my grandparents, and she flew in the next day to Sacramento and got up there. And on Sunday, I remember we went to the, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be Perko's. Yep. Uh, it was a diner. So right along the river, and we're sitting there, and we decided, okay, we need to go sit down and eat. I'm sure you've and, been strung uh, out at this point for like 36 hours or something yeah. like that. Yeah. This is Mother's Day, and at one point, maybe it was after I take her, or maybe it was when she came to take her order, the uh, waitress is all, hey, because I'm there with my aunt, you know, my two sisters, my grandma, and she's yeah. all, Hey, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Oh, yeah. She's angling for a fucking tip hardcore. Well, no. She's just trying to butt Well, yeah, yeah. She could, have no, she could have no idea what's going on. She's she's just yeah. trying to be nice. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's not her fault. She's just doing her waitress thing that you're supposed to do. Yeah. Other than serving bleach to uh, <laughs> oh, those Denny's fucks and serving bleach to <laughs> Hey. I, I wouldn't lump Perkos in with Denny's, man. Denny's is fucking garbage. Um, Perkos yeah, is a, a relic down. of a so I, I, I had to Sorry. get up, and I walked outside with her for like 20 minutes. Just Dump a little itching I, powder I down her back. And, 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 like waiting for her. But I had to, like she, push. yeah, dude, you have to understand what we all went through, but what especially she was going through at that point. Yeah, I think about that like sometimes. I, like I, I used to. T I one of my former jobs was I used to take care of people with like special needs and like and that had like uh, that were like neurodivergent. I think is the the 
buzzword now or like developmental disabilities, you know, and I saw them go through kind of a range of emotions, but like, I can only imagine like something this hardcore or this kind of like earth shattering to like, uh, like a foundation such as your mom. I can only imagine how much more complex the, uh, struggle and, and like heartache would be like drawn out by virtue of having, you know, a, a sister who has a developmental disability because, you know, even the smallest thing in, in people that are affected by that kind of thing, even the smallest thing will set them off. You know, like I had cases where, you know, if you didn't focus too much attention on one person, like they would like pick up a flower pot and throw it at you or a fucking chair or something like that shit happened to me before. So I, I can only imagine like, you know, something that severe happening and, and how it might affect, you know, even right. just a nor like a normal mindset, like, and, ha- and having to deal with that. So I get my, my other question I had too, was like, did you notice with your sister specifically, Melissa and the relationship you had with her? What did it, did it make things much worse moving forward? Or was it like a, 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 a another thing that you had to worry about or, or manage? Well, it was definitely something I had to worry about, but right. Yeah. That probably goes and it was me. definitely a lot more than I had to worry about because to be honest, I was in Chico. That was nothing I really ever had to worry about because my mom was there to take care of any situations. So this all of a sudden thrust everything into the forefront for me. Right. Because then having like, to make sure you, that she was okay. Right. And I I will say that I probably failed her at times. And that hurts. I didn't do anything bad to her. But I know there were times where I think that my interest of what I was doing that particular time where I probably should have went over to Corning. I was like, oh, I'll be there tomorrow instead of actually going there when I was scheduled to go there. Right. Like I, 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 and that, that actually still, that hurts me. I wish I could have done a much better job of taking care of her in the aftermath. But I just didn't have the where. Like I think you can't. You don't. Not to sound like this, like a a therapy session, but I don't think you should be that hard on yourself because I'm I mean, not hard on myself. But it is something I think about. Like, yeah, and that's fair to like feel that pain and and stuff. But I I don't think. I mean, that happening to anyone that didn't have that huge responsibility kind of thrust on them if they if they just like a normal you know mid-20s dude that was going through stuff and his mom was had tragically left but then he didn't have anything to like be responsible anyone to be responsible for he he just had to kind of deal with it and move on with their life you were in a different situation where you had a sister with special needs and and then all of a sudden it's it's a completely different like paradigm that you're dealing with because now you're ostensibly responsible for that person right like i, I don't think you should be too hard on yourself cuz i can remember be my my no. mid 20s if that would fucking happen to me dude i'd be i, I would have made multiple tons of mistakes and failures and and at that age you you are you think you're invincible and you want to and you're thinking about what do i want you know, what do I want to do? What's in my best interest? You know, so I think it's totally understandable. Long story long, as you would say, like, and you shouldn't uh, beat yourself up on on anything that you that you thought you lacked on. I guess. 
No, I'm not. I'm not beating myself up, but it is something like, you know, just full disclosure or something I do think about that I could have done a better job. I didn't do a bad job. Hear a lot of cases in the news where people did a lot worse. Well, I I could even tell, like, not knowing any part of your story, but, like, just working with you, like, anecdotally, like, I knew you had a sister with special needs, and you took care of her. Like, the way I thought about it was just, like, oh, this, like, it, it, it added something, like, like this guy's gone through some shit, and he, he's had to, he had to take care of his sister with special needs and they but it was more than that it was like you were friends like you were happy to do it and you know like that that that's the way i understood everything you know like before us breaking down like what actually like the chain of events and what happened after i mean that's that's how i always understood it um so i i think you did a fine job and i mean if anyone else in that position you know it, it would break a weaker man so you, you, I don't know you, where we should go from here. I think this might be a good stopping point. Uh, should we fill you in on where Tim currently resides and his status? If if you want to tie it up, or I mean, you know, we can continue this on a on a separate episode. Like I I think we're at the two hour mark, so I, I, I think this is a good breaking point. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's up to you too, Dick. Like I, I got a timestamp for this point on too. So like, I don't know. I, I don't want to um, exploit any like further old wounds. So if you were, if your intention on like this episode was try to like get through this and beyond, uh, let me know. Or if you find like time yeah, on the next I, episode or, cause I know another thing. Sorry, go ahead. The one thing we never got to was the actual being in court. Yeah. And then Tim's uh, current status, uh, if you would. Right. So yeah, well, uh, we can. And I, I thought, too, like it, it would be. It, it, it It's deserving of more talk, too, about like the aftermath and like with your sister. Because and then. That is true. There's a lot to do. That's to that's a there. huge. Yeah. Cause that's a huge part of your story too is, is then the beyond and then, uh, you know, the event with your sister too. So I don't, I don't yeah. want to try to, yeah, I think that's a good call because, uh, again, like with the previous episode, it, it wouldn't make sense to like try to like, you know, hurry this up and, and close the loop in, in 10 minutes yeah. or 15 minutes. So yeah, I, I, th- I think this is a good stopping point. You good with that? I, uh, on the last episode too, I noticed that I fucking I feel like I talked way too much. Steve, do you have anything you want to say or like I know I kind of I, I have a habit of railroading and, and just stepping into stuff. Do you have any? You have a habit of rambling. Fuck. Right <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. No. That- I'll make sure not to hang up this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll okay. Try not to. So yeah, I think we're gonna take a breather. Uh, on this episode so uh as always if we haven't had a, we haven't had many questions in our way but if you do our our lines are always open uh you can reach out to us via email at wax at waxing or you can hit us up on either of our socials we're active on instagram is waxing the porpoise and twitter is waxing the porp uh 
give us a shout. We've had some good feedback on the the first part of Richard's story. I'm I'm curious to see if anyone's got any questions or um, in general or or about Richard or or his story that you want to send our way, please do. Um, And continue to uh, listen to the show if you're digging it. And if you do, leave us a a like or a a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, We appreciate you tuning in. Thank you very much again. I know this is like, I mean, this is intense shit that's hard to talk about. So I I appreciate you kind of laying it open. And and like we said before, you know, like paying respect to your mom. And and I'm glad that this kind of format is conducive to that. And beyond that, just getting to talk with an old friend is like, I mean, starting this whole podcast was, I thought it would be like an interesting or fun way to keep in touch with friends and with Steve and it's, it's brought other people in and, and that that's the most like uh rewarding part of it for me is to just con- continue to keep in touch and have this kind of format. So um as it worked out, you know, this, this feels like it was a good opportunity and, and, and chance to, to tell your story and we've had good feedback on it. So uh, I'm glad we're able to do it. And as somber as this episode was, um, and I know there's more to come too, but we got hints uh, in the first episode of there's a lot of funny stuff too. There's a lot of fun anecdotes and it's like, even talking to you now, it's like, I remember it's like you have, it's like an, it's like a bottomless pit you know, of stories. It's like, <laughs> I remember even working with you like day by day. It's like, Oh, there's a new story. There's a new story. Or if there's not, there's fun, like tiebacks to things. So, um, well, Chico is sinking. So that's like a bottom. <laughs> <of this> <laughs> uh, I've seen various other holes to nowhere. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely, keep this keep this thing going um so thanks for uh joining us uh richard thank you again for joining us we'll 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 be back to close the loop for sure uh tbd i don't know what we're doing next week um yeah but, give me give me a couple of weeks i gotta yeah we have some previous is commitments Eve, is but, that a saturday going to my first game at levi stadium against the oh, commanders nice Niners Commanders in beautiful Santa Clara, California. Oh yeah, that's awesome. With a with a sober person, so I can get <laughs> so many Coors Lights. So you can get ham boned <laughs> on cheese oh, yeah. and Coors Light. That'd probably be a good opportunity to incorporate that ratio, so you don't get too hammed and actually remember yeah. remember the game. Uh, okay, cool. Any final thoughts, or what have you guys been doing the last week? Well, anything anything interesting? You want to talk about no something new, no. fun. You want to close it? <laughs> okay. All righty. Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we'll be back with Richard <laughs> again to be sure. Uh, don't know what we're doing next week, but uh, check us out. Bye. Bye. We'll, we'll see you when we see you. We'll see you later. <laughs>